Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor at the GRC Institute. And today we are having a chat with our CEO, Naomi Burley. Hi, Naomi. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Kwame. <laughs> so today we're going to have a bit of a chat about our upcoming AML and Financial Crimes Congress in June. I hope everyone is very excited about that. I know that we are. I know. June's <laughs> coming awfully fast at us all. Very close. <laughs> So I thought, before we jump straight into the Congress, I thought it would be interesting if we looked a little bit, maybe what are some of the issues that we're seeing emerging in the financial crime space? And I know that you have a few opinions, a few things you've been seeing. So what have you been seeing? What has been emerging? I always have an opinion, Kwame. You can guarantee <laughs> that one. Look, we're seeing um, we're seeing some of the same stuff. We're seeing um, We're seeing a... <laughs> A lack of, I guess, traction or maturity in the AML financial crime space, and as you and I were discussing before this podcast, a lot of a lot of perpetual problems coming down to um, a real shortage of talent uh, in the AML financial crime space because you know organisations are, are really trying to recruit people in and throw people at issues because they're more and more complex, especially as the sanction space opens up as it is. Um, and they just can't get people in with exactly the skill set and with enough acquired experience in this space to be able to start hit the ground running in an organisation, which is unfortunate. So I think every organisation, unfortunately, is paying the price for that because even the people they might have recruited aren't necessarily staying there and they're not getting the return on investment of their experience um, longer term to be able to mature their programs up unfortunately. So some perpetual problems in the risk um, assessment and execution space and then a lack of being able to do a continual improvement phase, one, because the problems change all the time and two, because um, because they lose those staff and then they have to recruit in people who are basically then trying to get a grip on what's been done, what hasn't been done, what's working, what isn't working. So um, so a few challenges for a few organisations out there with the basics, unfortunately. Yeah, um, sure. Sorry, I didn't want to keep talking because uh, for those who are listening, we don't have our cameras on, so we can't, I can't get the visual cue that Kwame <laughs> normally gives me where it's like, you can stop now. <laughs> Uh, I'll let you go on first and then I will I'll come in. <laughs> um, so I, I think we're in a really interesting place in 2022. I think that there's a real appetite from directors, senior managers um, and, you know, your audit and risk committee to get a really strong handle on AML and financial crime risks. We've seen some very real experiences and people being able to relate intensely to the headlines, whether it's Crown, whether it's the casino space or whether it's the Ukraine and the Russian sanctions affecting organisations who didn't really factor in that this would this would actually happen and that it would affect them financially in terms of investments even, not even just worrying about customers in terms of their own investments in the, in the oil and gas space. So um, it's a really, I think it's a really, really interesting time. The shame is that I think we're, we're going to miss some of that opportunity because we don't have the people to sort of come in and show them how well it can be done um, for everywhere. Yeah, sure. And another thing 
we were talking about it before recording this podcast is, you know, you've mentioned some of the headlines there, but I guess there are also those issues that at the face of it don't necessarily look like they might be a financial crime pro- problem to begin with, or the other way around where it is a financial crime problem, but then of course it becomes other kinds of problems as well because mm. uh, regulators are talking to each other. And yep. uh, use the example of CBA where they, they had Austrac sort of announcing that they were going to take them to court and then immediately we saw ASIC and APRA starting to look at the governance and conduct processes within CBA as well. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, Bear really flagged this and so everyone should have been watching the Bear space. When the accountability regime rolled out, it was very, very clear that the mandate was it's all obligations, not just your upper obligations, everything. We want to know how you have figured out who is accountable and how that's mapped across. And ASIC is asking the same questions um, as well for FAR and it'll roll out. And that, that flavour of things, now, you know, not every organisation is a financial institution, but they will be in some way, shape and form in the AML space, certainly. So, yes, you get that. You get that sitting up to attention from your other regulators because this is such a key risk and it has such a financial impact on your organisation as we saw with CBA and we saw with Westpac um, as well that it's it definitely falls in the directors and senior management responsibility to be across it because of the impact it can have from a, a capital and profit and loss point of view. Yeah, sure. Well, now we're going to get into what we were starting off talking about, which is about the Congress, which, as we said, is right around the corner. It is in June. Um, I believe it is the 6th of June. Is, is that correct? 7th seventh, seventh of, seventh of June. June. I always yes. get a day behind or a day before. I do this every year. Uh, <laughs> That's completely OK. I'm hoping I've got the correct date now. It's the 7th, it's the 7th of June. So the way we've designed it this year, so we stepped back and, and worked with um, quite a few of our members who are, who are really experienced in this space. And obviously we've got Austrac there because you have to have Austrac, um, Austrac at these events. But the way we've structured the rest of the day is around Part A and Part B because we felt that um, we felt that we were on this treadmill where we where the profession wasn't getting the traction that it that it deserved to get really, um, with the core elements of the program. It, it seems to be that every year Austrac will come back and, and they won't be surprising us with a really brand new problem. They'll be coming back and saying, this is still not a great area. This is something we need to improve. Like there aren't any real surprises when they come back and give feedback, especially after the, the self-reporting that everyone puts in. Yeah. So we thought we'll go through that. We've, as you know, um, we've now got on scope the three qualifications you can have for as an anti-money laundering specialist. Um, and we've had a couple of cohorts go through at two of the different levels, through the skill set level and through the graduate certificate level. And what we found with delivering that is that, yes, we can we can cover off in the course what's required in the course, the basics of the frameworks. But we thought that this was also an opportunity to, to create two streams and allow those who um, might be at the beginning of their journey in the AML space uh, to do a bit of a deep dive and and listen to their peers talk about how they're solving some of the problems in that risk assessment area. So it's fine to go through the theory like you do in any course, do the exercises, give it a bit of a thought, and then sit with that and digest it and see how it goes in your organisation. And then it's great to come back to something like our Congress and listen to other peers talk about 
how they do it, how they approach the same problem because everybody solves it in a little bit of a different way. Um, and there's lessons to be learned even if they're not exactly the same products or channels or customers that that organisation has because they're, they're quite complex um, risks uh, and that you need to that you need to be managing. So we sort of created the two streams for things. In some of the sessions, it will be going back to a plenary stream, like it is with the Ostrack stream. Everyone will be in the same stream, mm-hmm. um, but where we could uh, find someone who could speak to those those who might be newer to AML versus those who are speaking to our traditional audience, which are those those um, professionals who've been doing AML for a little while. Uh, we we're providing that for you and. What we're hoping to be able to do is to record all of those Stream 1 sessions so that even if you do happen to want to sit in Stream 2, you can later on have access to Stream 1 so you don't have to choose um, if that's how you want to run it. Um, And so what we're really looking at with that one is sort of covering off a bit more of a deeper dive, exploring some issues, getting some um, some peer views on that. And then when we go into the experience stream, we'll be really doing um, an examination of um some of the you know really unpacking where things are still not working for professionals everywhere um where people are actually getting wins and they feel like they are making ground we'll have some professionals is sharing their experience on that and then Again, as is the perpetual problem in any kind of compliance flavoured conversation is how can you value add this process so the business really gives you buy in on it, especially something that seems pretty ticker box like your compliance reporting, your annual compliance reporting to Austrack. That can be a real value add exercise if you approach it the right way. Um, and it does take a bit of setup to do that. And if you can then sell to the business how that adds value and how they can feel like that's an assurance exercise as well. Um, those will be some of the ideas we'll be exploring in that one as well as reflections on what the results were uh, for, for this year. Well, my next question is going to be what the members expect, but you've already covered that off. I think pretty good. What, what I, I think they have, progress. but I think the other thing is that you'll be hearing from your peers who are trying to track, tackle the same problems. And especially if you are new to this space or not feeling super confident in it, I, I would say it's still the forum for you. It's very, very reasonably priced for a whole day's worth of CPD. And I think that that's the one where you listen to how other people are solving these problems. Even if you think, oh, I'm not quite there yet, I would still be diving into those and listening to it because um, that's the only way you're going to learn is hearing how someone else might have approached doing enhanced due diligence for a customer where it's quite complex, you didn't want to tip them off, but you needed to find out more information. It's not a simple exercise of just going back to the customer and asking questions in some instances because uh, that would be alerting them to an issue. You know, there's there's lots of different ways that people have to do it. And it sounds really simple, um, but it can be a very sensitive exercise that you want to engage in and triggers a whole lot of other things. You know, the other thing that we need to keep remembering the whole time in the AML space is that if there is an issue, this is one of those ones where you don't, you don't get to go past go and collect $200. You have to report this stuff to Austrack. It's it's not a debatable breach or anything like that. It's data you need to get through to Austrack if something funny is going on. So there's all kinds of balls in the air in the AML space, and I think that people don't appreciate that, those subtle differences between that and other kinds of obligation compliance. Yeah. And, you know, when our Stream 1s and our Stream 2s walk away from the Congress, what I mean, if there were just a few key things that you hope they walk away with, what would they be? 
I hope they walk away with a bit of community. We're going to try and build that up, even though it is going to be virtual. I hope they walk away with um, some key insights from their fellow professionals that they can try out in their organisation. And I hope they walk away with a bit more of an understanding of um, the big picture uh in AML and where it differs from um, other kind of obligation compliance. But I, I think the other thing to mention is, and, and I'll be spruiking it on the day and I'm going to keep spruiking it here, we're going to, as a profession, our members are going to keep walking into organisations and have to keep reinventing the wheel until we can start solving the problem of this talent pool. And it's not just GRCI's problem because we can't reach out to everybody. It's the profession's problem. And and I would be appealing to people on the day. I'll be appealing to people um, all the time. If you're in the profession and you think you understand what that aptitude is to be in the profession, you need to help build um, more people coming in because then your job will get easier. You won't always be retraining staff. You won't always be walking into an organisation where someone who didn't have enough experience to build that program was still tasked with doing the job. And it's, they did the absolute best they could, but they couldn't do it. Um, so so I'm really appealing to members as well to come along to this, build their networks and help solve this problem as a profession because it will help you at the end of the day. Even if they don't become GRCI members, that's not that's not even what I'm after. I'm after... Um, not being in the same situation in five years' time where there aren't enough people to throw at the increasingly complex problems that organisations are still whinging about their spend on compliance but they're not getting their return on investment that we know is possible and that our members know is possible because we haven't been able to pull in the right people into the profession and keep them there. So that's my last little spiel, which has probably nothing to do with with the the Congress, but I think it's a big thing that's going to keep coming through because even the regulator acknowledges that we're not going to solve these problems until we have more people who can do this stuff working in these organisations and who can do it well. Yeah. And and beyond the spiel and beyond um, the Congress itself, is there any general words of wisdom you'd like to leave with um, AML financial crime professionals who are just dealing with all those issues you mentioned when you're talking about the headlines? (laughs) You're doing a great job. (laughs) And we know, and we know that you're struggling. Um, but yeah, I would encourage you to make sure that you build networks and not, not have that blink of view that you don't have enough time to do this. You do, and you need the time to come in and have these discussions. I would encourage you to be informally networking through the AML discussion groups. I would be encouraging you to do whatever training you need to do. It doesn't have to be with us, but, um, investing in yourself is absolutely essential um, and pulling in more people and investing in them and getting people to believe in and invest in your team. You've got the appetite at your senior management level and your board level now because they understand accountability in a lot of organisations and they can see the accountability wave crashing down on them, Um, especially with all the headlines that are going on at the moment. Now is the time to get those people in and ask for them. And, you know, maybe the big picture is later on we need to be lobbying that line to um remuneration is a much more enticing model than it currently is because we all know that line two does not get paid the same rate as line one. Um, so, you know, maybe that's what something we need to do, but that might just be a little bit pushing the ball just a little bit too far this year. We need more people in and we need more people trained. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, Naomi. 
very welcome. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary.